If you hit the new channels early, they work well. So like when stories were being pushed, we really leaned into stories, right? And then Instagram yeah. really pushed reels. So like hit those new channels quickly with high quality stuff. People are buying gifts around Q4. So our, our sort of thought process is get as much money as you can right now. People are making like emotional purchase decisions. They're not making logical ones. Don't wait, well we don't wait. We've had the best success when we don't wait to turn on our ads to Black Friday or the Thursday before. We will go a whole week, week and a half early. On this episode of the 2X e-commerce podcast, you're going to learn from four founders as to how they're addressing this upcoming Black Friday, Cyber Monday and Q4 in general. It's a great episode. You don't want to miss it. Do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital-native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four-fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. And Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear first-hand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. And this is Kune Campbell. I'm your host. And this is the e-commerce podcast show dedicated to rapid growth in the direct-to-consumer selling space. If you work in marketing at an e-commerce you know, business or a founder, I'm going to help you sell more directly to your customers. Each week in this podcast, I interview an expert, a founder of a direct-to-consumer e-commerce business or representative from a best-in-class e-commerce SaaS product. And we're focused on helping you improve e-commerce growth metrics such as conversions, your average order value, repeat customers, your audience size, and ultimately your sales. Their remit is to help you sell more sustainably. Now, um, speaking of which, um, on today's episode, this is um, part of our Commerce Excel expert panel series. If you're not aware, we ran um, a, a virtual conference back in September, which addressed, which focused exclusively on um, quarter four and BFCM. And we had um, about eight expert panels and 31 sessions, keynote sessions. Now the keynote sessions are all up on our YouTube channel. Just search for 2X e-commerce. You'd, you'd find two playlists, day one and day two. But these expert panels that you're listening to, that you're about to listen to now, um, just due to the fact that they didn't have any decks with them, they're perfect for um for for a podcast format. So so we're we're we're, we're every day um 
through the start of November, for the first eight days of November, we are just dropping each expert panel for you guys to digest. Now, on today's one or today's episode of expert panel, we had um, we, 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 we had four founders, very, very interesting founders um, from different perspective ac- perspectives, actually, in, in, you know, in the D2C e-commerce setting space. Um, it was, first of all, hosted by Derek Haney. You, you know Derek Haney, who is the founder of um, e-commerce tech. For those of you who don't know him, he's the founder of e-commerce tech. Um, check it out, ecommercetech.io. They're doing great things there. Um, his panel um, had or featured Eric Toz, Eric Toz, who's the co-founder and CEO of shineon.com. Um, they, 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 they're a platform actually. Um, and then it, it also had Mark Barris, who's the CEO of, um, shop moment. Um, they're, they're a collection of, of many brands. There, there'll be more on this in, in, in the, um, you're going to hear, hear more about these people when you, when, when we move into the, the actual, you know, um, content. And then there's Dylan Mullen, who is the founder and director of, um, Happyskin.co, another e-commerce you know business based out in Australia, and Umar Kamar, who's the co-founder of Elo, which which is the biggest e-commerce store in Pakistan, actually. So it was a um, it was a founder. Um, they, they they gave their approaches on how they approach. Um, well, they gave their their perspectives on on how they approach. Um, you know, Q four and Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Um, I wouldn't really say much. This is an exciting, exciting one because they, they all come from different angles, and um, there is a ton to you know just pick and listen from. Um, before you you get in or jump into to the show, um, uh, you're going to get a short message from our sponsors of this podcast, and yeah, I encourage you to to enjoy you know this this, this particular episode. Thank you so much, and cheers. <laughs> The 2X e-commerce podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get growing faster. That is why it's trusted by over 50,000 e-commerce brands like Brooklinen, Non, and Chubby's. Build your contact list, send emails that pop, and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit clavio.com forward slash 2x to create your free account. That is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com forward slash 2x. Cloudways has become the hosting platform of choice for thousands of e-commerce merchants, SMBs, and agencies around the globe. Why? Well, there's a high-performing custom stack, top-notch security, the choice between five cloud solution providers, ease of scalability, affordable pricing plans, and so much more. Cloudways also offers support for all PHP-based applications like Magento, WooCommerce, WordPress, Laravel, and other. Experience an unbeatable managed cloud hosting experience with Cloudways today. For $20 free hosting credit, use the coupon code BOOSTMAG. That's B-O-O-S-T-M-A-G. That's BOOSTMAG. Moving dreams forward, Cloudways. Welcome back to day two of the Excel Commerce Conference. I hope you guys are enjoying it as much as I am. I am your host, 
Trevor Cross, a.k.a. Trevor Number 1, and I am the founder of Buddy Brands and ScanShop 3D. It is my distinct pleasure to be with you guys here today on Stage 2, brought to you by Emarsis. Emarsis is the omni-channel customer engagement platform of choice for more than 1,500 companies worldwide. Do more at emarsis.com, so check that out. Next up, you guys are in for a special treat. We have handpicked a range of upper mid-market, direct-to-consumer uh, e-commerce operators. Now, with all the challenges that we face in the industry in 2021, these pros are going to unpack their perspective on planning, organization, and execution. This special session will give you a glimpse into each founder's Q4 strategic roadmap and their approach for delivering better year-over-year quarter four results. This session is going to be led by Derek Haney, Chief E-Commerce Technologist at E-Commerce Tech. And remember to keep the conversations going using hashtag CommerceExcel at 2X E-Commerce and Twitter on Twitter and 2X E-Commerce on LinkedIn. This is a really special treat, guys, so make sure you have your notebooks ready. I'd like to now hand it over to the moderator, Derek Haney. Take it away, Derek. Hey, can you guys hear me all right? Trevor, thanks so much. Amazing intro, and this is an amazing event. <laughs> Am I good? Ah, I came off. I'm on. Here we go. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. As Trevor said, I am the founder of ecommercetech.io, where merchants go to research, discover, and buy the right tools to grow their store. I'm your tools guy. So if you want to learn about my process for choosing the right tools, uh, stay tuned. I have a session at in about one hour from now. But that's enough about me. We really aren't here for that. A couple of quick housekeeping notes. This session will be recorded, so you will be able to see it on demand. But as Trevor said, get out the notebook. We have a lot of amazing uh, topics to talk about. And we've got the sponsors, Emarsis, which Trevor already talked about, and Juni, the financial companion that tracks returns on your entire business in one place. Measure all your ROI at Juni.co. All right, I think we can dive right into it as we are a little bit behind, but we want to catch up a oh, one final note. If you have any questions at all, you can ask them in chat now and we will, if we have time, address those questions later on. Let's go ahead and bring in our panelists. These are true superstars in the e-commerce space. In our pre-event session, I was just blown away at what they've been able to accomplish. And uh, and I've been studying e-commerce for years. And honestly, they are our true excellent operators. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Let's start with Eric Taz, CEO and founder of Shine On, if we can bring in Eric. Eric, give us that one minute background on who you are and what Shine On is and does. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me, Derek. Uh, so. I'm Eric. I'm the founder and CEO of ShineOn and ShineOn.com. Uh, it's our goal to create 1,000 millionaires around the world. Uh, we have two factories where we develop uh, viral gift products for you to sell. Uh, so that includes jewelry, wallets, watches, home decor, and other personalized gifts. And uh, we allow you to sell them through our Shopify app, which is free, uh, or through our platform on ShineOn.com, uh, where you can create your own custom storefront. Uh, and so to date, we've uh, we've along with our selling partners, uh, we're super close to hitting that one hundred million dollar sales threshold. And I have definitely learned a lot over the years about Q4 and uh, seasonal selling. Yeah, I, I think you're 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 how many um, in your network? You have like twelve thousand sellers in your network. Uh, this this year we'll have about eight or nine thousand uh, uh, sellers sell at least one of our products. 
That that's amazing, and it's I, I love the business model. And you guys actually test this yourselves, and then uh, and then bring it kind of out to the world to make sure these products sell, which is I think what makes you uh, a true e-commerce uh, operator out there in the market selling, and then teaching other people how to sell product, which is amazing. Awesome. Thanks so much, Eric. We're now going to bring on Mark Barros, CEO at Shop Moment. Mark, how's it going? Good. How are you? It's good. You're a little crackly. Let's make sure we got good audio on you. Give me a All right. quick. Ah, better. Perfect. It was just the, the bring in. Give us a quick background on you and what you're up to at Shop Moment. Yeah. So Moment, think of it as the mar- largest marketplace in the world for creators. So if you're into creativity, it's the place you go. So we sell products from photography to filmmaking to design. We have physical products. We have digital products like courses, presets. And really, we've built what was an e-commerce retail business. And over the last year or so, have moved it to a marketplace. So we've kind of started to enable our creators, i.e. our best customers, to become sellers, build a storefront, and start selling. We're mainly selling digital goods, and we're retailing the physical goods. But Moment's kind of a unique hybrid marketplace of we do some retail where we're buying stock products, and then we enable a lot of creators to start becoming sellers. That is awesome. I love it. Uh, all right, we're going to bring in our, our next panelist, Umar Kamar, co-founder of ELO. Umar, how's it going? Hi. Great. Uh, Thank you for having me. A little it's bit of your background and what's going on at ELO. So ELO is um, basically we, we sell leftover garments online and, and we work with about 100 factories across Pakistan, India, Bangladesh and China. And we take off their leftover stock and put it online and we sell it. So we have uh, we do a, over a million shipments a year and uh, we are continuously expanding our supplier base and working and, and trying to go abroad as well, getting out of Pakistan. So that's a that's a short story. I, I think you, you, uh, you're not even doing yourself enough justice. I mean, in order to, uh, to see what you really did was see the opportunity of this percentage of leftover garments that these factories are making, right? Yeah. They were just sitting there because they had to make them in case there was overstock or something like that. And you said, I think I can create like a, a marketplace for this. And then something we'll get into some of the strategies you've used uh, to, to accelerate the growth of that in the future. But um, it truly is an amazing business model. I love it. Actually, everybody here has an amazing business model. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. All right, let's bring on Dylan now. Dylan Mullen, founder and director of happyskin.co. And Dylan, tell us a little bit about uh, you and Happy Skin. Yeah, so I launched uh, the business called Happy Skin Co. a little over three years ago now, about three and a half years ago. And we are the typical e-commerce dream startup run. I started the business with a friend of mine. We were both mid-20s at the time. We saved all our money, $10,000 each. That was pretty much all we had in the bank after that, invested it. We launched, if not the first in the world, some other brands try and say they were first, but if we weren't the first, we were one of the very first um, brands to build um, a company around the at-home IPL slash laser hair removal handsets, which have been over the last three years drop shipped to death. So I'm be surprised if some of you hadn't seen um, them floating around. Um, and that's us. So we're experts in all things beauty tech, but our biggest our biggest product is an at-home laser hair removal handset. So people don't have to go in and book sessions and um, spend thousands of dollars to get their laser done anymore. They can do it at home for the matter of a, a couple of hundred dollars. So that's us. Awesome. Dylan, thanks so much. All right. So finally, everybody is here. We've all gotten a little bit smaller as we all have to fit on screen now. And we'll get right into the questions. I'm so excited to have all of you guys with us. uh, True superstars in front of me here today. 
So we have to start at the beginning before we can talk about Q4 strategies. We have to talk about the last year and a half and kind of what's new since COVID. Umar, you had a really interesting story about how COVID impacted your business and you had to make some some quick changes uh, specifically with your, with your family factory as well. But uh, tell us what happened for you in March of 2020. So March 2020, uh, we recently had launched a new product, which was a face mask for, like, you know, outdoors pollution. And uh, COVID happened and everything was shut down and everybody was looking for, uh, for face masks. From selling 80 face masks in a day, we were doing 10,000 face, face masks just like that because Corona happened. So it was absolutely crazy. And I, I had that, I, I grabbed that opportunity because my father is in textile. So I asked him to switch his t-shirt uh, flows into making, into making masks. And we were in a, we were producing masks within 24 hours of, of Corona happening. So we, it was, it was just, just crazy uh, what happened in Pakistan um, in, in the start of Corona. And you were able to make money off of this because I'm sure there were other products that didn't sell as well and retailers shut down. So, so tell me about the, the bad news side of it, maybe. <laughs> so so the, basically the bad, bad news was that uh, the government had shut down everything. In Pakistan, for the first two weeks of corona, like mid-March, everything was shut down. And we didn't know what was going to happen. But I was able to get permissions from the government to run uh, e-commerce business. We started, you know, uh, uh, we made a, a cartel with the with the courier companies, and and uh, the government allowed us to restart our business, which allowed us to be active, whereas all the retail was shut. So the the the, the customers didn't have any option to buy anything; they had to go online, which helped us, which helped Pakistani e-commerce give a huge kickstart. Because a lot of it's 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 fairly new business. It's a only two billion dollar business in Pakistan uh, e-commerce. So it allowed all these uh, newcomers, all these e-commerce companies, to grow significantly uh, due to Corona. So so it ended up being a positive impact from a negative thing. But I think a lot of us here in e-commerce did feel that way. Yeah. Um, we kind of got got the yeah. benefit of of everything being shut down. Um, I Eric, think, personally, yeah. I think there was there was no negative in uh, in uh, Corona and e-commerce. I can't yeah. find any, to be honest. Well, I want to talk to Mark about that. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, Eric, let's uh, briefly maybe dive into a little bit more of your platform and, and tell me about what you you have the warehouses. You're manufacturing goods. Uh, was was Corona was the impact good, bad? How did it change? Uh, well, for probably 90% of e-commerce entrepreneurs that I know, their biggest years ever were last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we uh, we get really caught up. And I, I think we as e-commerce entrepreneurs think there's more transactions happening online than there actually are. Pre-COVID, it was still only 30% of all retail was done online. And now it's something like 50, 60%. So really, COVID just expedited a lot of trends that were already happening. Um and yeah, so obviously it was amazing for us. Uh, we do jewelry. So uh, Corona started peaking last Mother's Day in May uh, here in the U.S. And so all the malls were closed. And yeah, we literally 5X'd in about one month's time. 
That's crazy. But this this causes other problems because you're the actual manufacturer. So so yeah. what happens when you have to five X production? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's one thing if uh, if you're just doing it for your own brand, but we actually support uh, eight thousand other uh, Shopify stores brands. So we're really liable for those orders to get out. So I mean, we had to do anything we could to get around the restrictions that we had in New Jersey at the time. We were working at night. Um, we were working uh, even outside in the parking lot sometimes to ship stuff out because uh, you can only have X number of people inside. So whatever it takes to survive, man. <laughs> yeah. And then I, you told me uh, that eventually New Jersey had such tight restrictions on manufacturing. You had to move the whole operation in the middle of COVID. Yeah, so there was sort of a, a period between uh, May and Q4 last year. Um, COVID sort of died down towards the end, relatively towards the end of the summer. And I was like, this thing's going to come back again, like when it gets cold. And I know those restrictions are going to come back in Q4. So yeah, I moved the entire business to Florida, um, which uh, was not hit as hard at the time as New Jersey. I think New Jersey was the worst, yeah. How, how many plane flights back and forth to find the warehouse and hire people? I mean, somebody had to have been doing a lot of work to make this happen. I mean, man, it was it was messy. Literally, everybody told me, don't move a factory like before <laughs> Q4. Um, but uh, it wouldn't be the first time I've, I've uh, neglected advice. Uh, at the end of the day, we made it work. Uh, we moved the whole factory in probably a month's time. Um, and so we have about 30,000 square feet in Tampa, Florida now. It took a lot of moving trucks, but it, doing those like uh, scary things, the bold moves last minute, like Umar ramping up to 10,000 masks a day, like those are the things that make you rich. So I'm <laughs> happy about it. I love it. That, just uh, very succinctly said. Um, Dylan, your product is taking a, a traditionally, you know, in retail or however you want to say it, experience and bringing it to the household. So I have to imagine COVID was pretty good for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was a tale of, of two sides, of two halves. Um, obviously, like you hit the nail on the head. So we we use a uh, we sell a product that was already uh, on the uptrend, and then you like the flick of the switch. Everywhere around the world, laser hair removal clinics and beauty salons were shut overnight. And people could no longer access that. So you, we had that throw in on top of not only can they not access laser hair removal from their traditional means, they were now spending nearly all their time at home, bored out of their brains, looking for anything they could do to cling to any sense of normality or routine or process or even just to fill up their time. So we, from about mid to late April, we had about four months worth of sales that were honestly, it was like we had Black Friday for four months straight. Oh man. Which is great. Again, like <laughs> we were doing really big, consistent numbers, which was awesome. Like ridiculous scale. We'd hit that level of scale before many times, but for like a couple weeks over Black Friday and then Christmas, never for four months straight. So that was all, obviously that was great, you know, but on the flip side, obviously we have an electronic product um, that gets produced in, in, in manufactured in China. So they obviously were shut down before the rest of the world. Our manufacturer is down in Shenzhen, which is uh, southern China, right near Hong Kong. So they weren't they weren't hit too bad. They were probably only shut down for about a month, which was okay. We always stock up like we had we had enough stock because that was coming back after they came back from Chinese New Year. So we liked to be a little bit ahead. But the amount we were selling, it was like that was never going to be enough. That one month delay would have been fine, 
I mean, it would have been inconvenient, but it would have been fine. What really hurt us was when logistics around the world crashed and got clogged up all at the same time. So we got our stock made, you know, our, our, our traditional lead times were 30 days. That blew out to 40. That was okay. The issue for, for us was, okay, now they had made the stock. It was sitting in DHL's warehouse in, in, in Hong Kong for three weeks, four weeks, just waiting to get cleared. We don't know when it's going to come. They keep telling it's it's next, it's next, it's next, just waiting, waiting, waiting. So it's like, how do you communicate then to your customers? When we're being as honest as we can and transparent as we can with our customers, but we, we're, we're just passing on what, what we're being told. Then it would land in Sydney where we're based in Sydney, Australia. It's actually 2.12 a.m. for me right now. <laughs> Thanks um, for staying up late, by the way. <laughs> no, no worries. And, and our, our, our warehouse here is five minutes from the airport, but it was sitting in Sydney for another three and a half weeks waiting for customs to clear it because they had to obviously prioritize, sanitize the PPE and so on. So it was great. There was a lot of logistical challenges there. Um, so we learned a lot. We, we did the best we can. At, at the beginning, customers were very understanding. 99% were understanding. We were all in this together. Back then, we were all in this together. It's obviously become a lot more divisive nowadays, particularly in Australia. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, no, not even an option, as you guys all know. So we... We, we sometimes did. We had the option to, to fly stock in um, via air if we needed it urgently. There's no way. It's like, as you all know, ridiculously expensive. You can't even consider that now. So we've had to change some of the way um, we ship, obviously, projecting um, and ordering more stock even than we'd, than we'd think is, is how we've had to change. Um, but it's been, a, it's been a learning process. It's been a, it's been a hell of a ride. It pushed me as an entrepreneur, pushed, pushed the business to learn and grow and adapt. So, That's yeah. awesome. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. Let's take a quick break to talk about screwing up. Accidents happen. Perhaps you installed an app that messed up your theme or a CSV import completely messed up your product catalog. Common myth, cloud-based e-commerce platforms like Shopify and BigCommerce have automatic backup solutions you can use when something goes wrong with your store. This is simply untrue. They don't. Myth busted. So what do you do? You use Rewind. Rewind will protect Shopify and BigCommerce stores with automatic backups. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Rewind is trusted by over 25,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest retail brands you can think of. Gymshark, Movement Watches and Pampers all use Rewind for automatic backups. So here's a deal for 2Xs. If you head over to rewind.io, which is R-E-W-I-N-D.io, install Rewind, you'll get to use it for free for seven days. If you reach out to the Rewind team and mention the 2X e-commerce podcast, that extend your seven-day trial for a full month for free. Enjoy peace of mind with Rewind backups. Remember to head over to rewind.io and don't forget to mention the 2X e-commerce podcast for a full month trial. Did you know that loyal customers are nine times more likely to convert compared to a first-time shopper? That's why exceptional customer service is so important for your retention and growth. I recommend using Gorgeous, the leading help desk for Shopify, Magento, and big commerce merchants. Gorgeous combines all your communication channels, including email, SMS, 
social media, live chat, and phone into one platform. This saves your team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. It also integrates seamlessly with your existing tech stack so you can access customer information and even edit, return, refund, or create an order right from your help desk. To learn more, go to gorgeous.com. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S.com and mention 2X e-commerce podcast for two months free. That is gorgeous.com for two months free. Just mention 2X e-commerce. Awesome. Okay, Mark, your tell me about your story. I can see this going both ways because I can see people picking up photography when kind of stuck inside. I can see people dropping it because you know the professionals are less there. So yeah, tell me about your your COVID story. Yeah, no, our first month was terrible. <laughs> I think business dropped like fifty percent. I mean, in our world, there's two things. One, our customers are creators. If you remember when the pandemic hit, everybody lost their work. So if you're a creator, like if you're a wedding photographer, you were shooting for brands like. Overnight, they lost 100% of their work. So their likelihood to buy products or need knowledge like went away, right? And then the other thing is that you can't travel. And generally, when you travel, some people are creative. So that was a driver for our business. Like travel is a reason people come and shop. And so those two things got taken away. And so you're sitting there going, holy shit, is this the new trend? Is this the existing trend? Or like what's going to happen? So we quickly just moved to other categories. We're probably pretty heavy in photo video. So we added focused on daily essentials, desk accessories. And so we really shifted into the desk side where creators all of a sudden and people were working at home, right? So we were marketplace and selling anything that was around your desk setup, right? And so that just pivoting categories, it took about a month. And then all of a sudden people moved to online and started purchasing, purchasing again. So like you couldn't keep a webcam in stock, for example. But no, the biggest challenge for us is just supply chain. So now that consumer spend has come back, our challenge is, is like get a new Sony camera. Good luck. Right. So our best products have negative inventory days. Right. So products like a film or a camera or microphones like Rhodes, a company out of Australia, they're doing that like couldn't make anything. Right. It had eight months. So you have POs that you filled. You couldn't fill for eight or nine months. So the supply ch- side has crushed us just on getting allocation and getting it consistently. And so that's also why we just pushed towards the marketplace quicker. So for example, we launched courses, online courses from creators, and those have done very well, right? That's a product you don't have to inventory. So look at it, what it forced us to do is start to build the breadth faster than we were doing and get less dependent on the brand new high-tech products because from supply chain, that has been difficult. And so we've seen kind of two shifts. China side was early. So anything in a China-based products, all the stories you guys are sharing were accurate. And now actually recently, the one that's really been killing is like Vietnam and soft goods. So a lot of the secondary countries have shut down. So, and that's where all your bags and soft goods come from. So in our world, it's kind of shifted from a challenge on hard goods to a challenge on soft goods. And we've just expanded the marketplace past buying new tech products to everything else. Do you think, Mark, that the, this um, like showed you like some of the, there, that there was like a fundamental kind of weakness to the business that you had to cover for? And, you know, before the pandemic, you were open to this weakness, but things were going well, so you didn't need to worry, like diversify essentially. Right. Uh, is, is that, so it just accelerated your, you know, kind of strengthening up and firming up the business in your case? Uh, I've been building startups for like 17 years. So you just go through these cycles, right? Last one, 2008, I think I was my first company at 20 people and overnight I had to cut it to 10, right? So I think there's just reasons these things go through, but I think, yeah, when you get down to these kinds of emergencies, it does force you to focus a lot to like what really matters, what's working, how can the team shift? 
But in our world, yeah, the demand side has returned, which is very strong for us. And we have more demand than we have supply. So the supply side for us is still the pain point where we just have more traffic and more orders and lots of back orders. Like at one point, we're managing a couple million dollars in back orders, right? And so managing that with customers and keeping people from not canceling. And so I think it does force you to focus a lot more. It has pushed us faster. But, you know, you get a good team that just rallies to that stuff. And so I think people love to rise to the challenge as well. I love it. Um, each of you with, with such unique challenges. But what I, what I, what I think my takeaway is from this is that um, is is that unforeseen market dynamics really control a majority of e-commerce business. It's it's like we we think we have a lot of control in our business. We can you can control uh, you can firm up supply chain and you can diversify product lines. But uh, but a lot of the demand is is comes from the outside world and what people are doing in their daily lives and trends that are outside of, you know, things that we can kind of uh, create demand in our own company. So I think that there's there's definitely the takeaway is to kind of be diversified and 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 safe and and also make bold moves, as Eric said. The, he said, bold, <laughs> if you didn't write that down, bold moves are what make you rich, is what he said, <laughs> which I absolutely love. All right, that's the the COVID side of things, if something else happened um, recently at kind of during in the last few months, it's been trend, kind of the trend over the last couple of years. And if you were in the previous session with Ritus, you might have heard, uh, you know, iOS 15 update. So I'm talking about privacy, cookie-less browsing and all this stuff. Uh, everyone's saying we're screwed. Facebook ad, you know, prices have gone up. Eric, what, what is, what's your take on privacy and, and cookie-less and, and what uh, changes do we need to make as merchants? Well, I think it's up to us to adapt. It's not the first time that we've been thrown a haymaker by <laughs> Facebook <laughs> or like Google for that matter. I don't know what version of Google search algorithm we're on right now, 20 or 30 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why like, I think the uh, the rich will get richer and it'll get more difficult for, uh, for a newbie to hop in and be able to compete because basically, you know, Facebook and uh, everything, all the other channels are just auctions, right? So it's up to us to figure it out. Uh, the rich will get richer. All the people that I know um, are really digging into this. And it, from what I'm, from what I understand, is that there's really two issues here with the iOS 14 stuff. There's <clears throat> there's like the attribution on your on your site and that conversion data, and that's not really affected, right? Like we still control all of that, really. Um, but Facebook has this agreement with Apple that basically says that they're unable to uh, show that data in in Ads Manager, right? And so there's different Chrome extensions and different apps that are being developed right now to sort of port that information from your from your site and look, take those customer profiles and import that data into into Ads Manager. So, um, like the smart people are working on the right tools. Like there's a great tool called Hyros, which is a Chrome extension. Um, actually here with my friend Alex Becker today, hanging out with him. Uh, he made a great Chrome extension app, but there's other people developing solutions to get that data back into, uh, into Facebook. I'm going to, I'm going to throw Hyros here in chat. Just a, uh, a nice plug for it, for anybody that's wondering, uh, very interesting. Now, Umar and Mark, you guys both have, um, this sort of marketplace dynamic where I imagine your customers are coming back to you over and over again. Uh, Umar, let's let's begin with you and, and how uh, you know going cookie list and 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 trying to keep track of your customers and, and the challenge that is in the game of uh, retention. 
So yeah, uh, we basically leveled up on our uh, mobile app game and we were consistently getting, we, we put a lot of money into um, getting app installs and, uh, and, and we leveraged on that with retargeting the customers because once you are in the app, you, you have that prime real estate in, on their mobile phone. So we, we were doing a lot of in-app notifications, getting, giving them announcements, giving them special discounts to, to download our app and and uh, and we were just driving a lot of traffic, a lot of sales through 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 our mobile app, which which helped us fight the Facebook iOS fourteen fifteen issues. It 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 helped us a great deal, and now thirty five percent of our sales are coming from from our mobile app. That's amazing, uh, Mark. How about you? What what has been? You you've got members that are coming back to you. You've got courses that you you obviously. Nah, I love members. We don't quite have members yet. We're, we're okay. still tr- pretty transactional. But yeah, Moment had already had already built a kind of content marketing machine. That's how we built the business, and so that actually didn't go away. It actually only increased in a sense. So YouTube's probably our biggest channel. Nice. That channel still converts bottom of funnel. So we've been less dependent on Facebook. We've done a lot more on Google and search, and SEO has really gone up for us. So. I think that shift has helped us actually quite a bit. The team has to triangulate more, a bit more on like where the conversions are. We've always been kind of bottom of funnel if we're spending versus kind of top of funnel. So things like retargeting email, those have all worked for us. So we've seen just actually more efficiency over the last year. We've kept the spend lower. I wouldn't say we've increased the spend, but we've just been able to on the same spend be more efficient year over year. So we haven't seen a big deal change. That's, I, I love it. So here are the three takeaways for everybody listening. Mobile app installs, uh, re, rebuild the retention funnel around getting mobile app installs from your first time purchasers on web, get them into the mobile app and incentivize to use that. Uh, Chrome extensions can help you recover some of this data and continue to do well in Facebook ads. And we link to, to that in chat. And then also diversifying to content marketing, SEO, and YouTube can be the boss. And I think that it is, oh, that's a little bit more, let's say, dependent on what industry you're in and all that stuff. But of course, for you, Mark, it makes uh, perfect sense. And I'm sure there hey, Derek, are many- one thing on that. Um, one thing we did find is if you hit the new channels early, they work well. So like when stories were being pushed, we really leaned into stories, right? And then Instagram yeah. really pushed reels. So like hit those new channels quickly with high quality stuff. We were kind of late to TikTok, so we're building that now. That those work, right? So if you've got a content team, part of the game is just pivoting to which ones the platforms are really focusing on. And you do get a lot more growth quickly. So YouTube shorts have worked fairly well. Um, so as you think of the content, it's not just the channels, like look at the which ones the platforms are focused on. It'll get you a bunch of views pretty quickly. Viral platform trends, follow follow where the eyeballs are going, right? And and uh, yeah, I definitely do think diversifying away from from Facebook ads is always healthy for any growing e-commerce business. We are surprisingly running low on time already, so I wanna keep things moving along. We've hinted at retention a little bit, but let's let's talk about like how finally how we actually kind of ramp up into Black Friday. Um, how do we set ourselves up for success um, on the retention side, given that we're going to have a huge influx of new customers on Black Friday? We don't really necessarily want them to just you know buy from us once and then disappear. Uh, like what what is what is your guys maybe go to uh, Black Friday strategy? And I think Eric, it, it might uh, be a little bit different for you here, but I wanna I wanna hear your strategy on this and then bring everybody else's opinion in too. <laughs> yeah, so uh, definitely preface it that uh, we're a gifting platform and a, a gifting service. Uh, so uh, people are buying gifts around Q4. So our our sort of 
thought process is get as much money as you can right now. People are making like emotional purchase decisions. They're not making logical ones. So like if you're, if you're serving a product uh, in an ad that's making them cry, uh, we say they will buy. Uh, <laughs> so that's our strategy with the different jewelry. The, um, uh, we do message card jewelry, which is basically like a Hallmark card with a piece of jewelry inside. And so, um, yeah, we, we work on the funnels beforehand. Like, like the hardest work of the year has actually been the last couple months, um, just dialing in all the funnels, um, dialing in the products and the different messages, and then just really trying to maximize average order value around this time of year. Because if you can uh, maximize that, you'll outspend everybody and win on Facebook at least. Yeah. Interesting. So uh, Dylan, I want to hear from you for, for Black Friday strategies. And is it all about sales now or is it about uh, retention and sales later? Um, look, I, I, I'd i love to be a business that had a lot of uh, re- repeat uh, repeat customers. We do. For us, we, we sell um, beauty tech devices. So they generally have five to 10 year shelf life. So we don't mm. It's, I, I, look, I'd love to. What, what this is, has done for us has made us really good at finding new customers all the time. Um, and, and for us, our strategy with Black Friday, it's, it's, it's like Eric just said, like this is the time you want to make your money, right? For us, we like to go hard and go early um, for Black Friday. So obviously, don't wait. Well, we don't wait. We've had the best success when we don't wait to turn on our ads to Black Friday or the Thursday before. We will go a whole week week and a half early and then we might not for that week and a half leading into black friday when we're when we're going hard with we're we're we're, we're opening the funnels to everything we've been building up in the months prior we might not have the same numbers we have over that actual black friday sub monday week but our numbers are double what they would be if we didn't go early so we go hard and we go early again differentiation like you're not only in this time your offer doesn't have to necessarily be the biggest discount can be a gift with purchase an experience, whatever that may be, you are not just competing against your direct competitors now. You're competing against every other brand in the world because people only have a finite money of, uh, amount of money to spend. And that's another reason why we like to go in early because we know everyone's going to be going hard with their ads over that actual weekend. Um, I'm conscious of time, but another thing just to make clear that we do, Black Friday is the grand final week or premiership week, whatever you call it in America, UK or whatever, for e-commerce, right? If you don't enjoy this, if you don't make this count, like me and our advisors and our customer service team, we are on the clock 24 hours a day for that whole week and a half. There's no nine to five. There's no 8 (laughs) a.m. to 8 p.m. It's all day, all night. You're sleeping two, three, four hours at a time, coming back on. Make sure your advisors or someone's on your account day trading it, pushing it as much as you can. Your customer service, your warehouse, put the extra resource on. And like you said, make this like fortnight count. That's that, that's the biggest things for us. Great. So really ramping up. I, I love that mentality. And it's like, we'll sleep in December, you know, <laughs> like we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, but today we grind. Um, I love it. Umar, I know you have a little bit of a different approach to Black Friday. You're really looking at this from the retention game, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for us, uh, we already have a 65% repeat customer rate. So we already get a lot of repeat purchases. So with Black Friday, our main strategy is to get rid of the, the excess inventory we have and, and kind of like level up or on, our, on our inventory levels. So for us, it is the grand week to push all the stock we need to sell and, 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 and get the cash flow right to buy a new stock for the for the for the for the coming coming season and the other thing which we have started working a lot is we have uh, worked with partnerships 
So partnering with banks, giving discounts on their cars, and then other affiliate programs, uh, working with BNPL companies. So a lot of those partnerships uh, is another way to drive newer traffic and uh, giving them more options for payments, which has helped us a lot in in creating the uh, the Black Friday buzz in, in, in Pakistan. So is the goal then just as many new customers as possible, or is it actually inventory clearance at like minimal cash flow? Basically. So it's basically giving them the bait that the price they're going to get for this product is nobody can, can give you that. Giving them the best offer ever. That's how we get the new customers in. Because the customers we already have, they, they don't go back because it, it is a very strong retention. 65 repeat, uh, 65% repeat customer rate is pretty solid, I would say. So for us, it's getting in the new customers. I got you. Mark, how about you? Yeah, thank you. Similar to Mark, we focus on kind of two groups, the existing customers and really focusing on email is probably our number one channel there and trying to get that balance right between not over-emailing and adding value. And then secondarily, new customers. Yeah, it's really just building that funnel. We're finding consumers in this world are starting much earlier. So in our world, it's a little bit challenging where we've got to get the brands that we sell. Hey, what what are your promos? What are you doing? So we're, we have to get them more organized and then we have our own promos. So it's a little bit trickier with like, we can't just go out with a sale because sometimes the brands have map policies. So it gets mm-hmm. a little bit dicey. So our challenge is communicating that without confusing people. Like this thing's on sale this week and this other thing's next week. But we have kind of two audiences, existing customers and new ones. And all the, the tricks these guys have mentioned, we're, we are trying as well. <laughs> so there's some consistency across all of your uh, domains and, and what you're trying. I love it so much. I wish I wish we had more time. I've literally got like five more questions here for you that we just can't get to today because we are already out of time. You guys have been amazing. Uh, for anybody listening, if you have questions for them, you can put them in chat. Maybe we can follow up with them via email or maybe there'll be a follow-up session or a networking hour or something where we can all kind of hang out and chat about these things. But unfortunately for now, we have to go directly into the next session. And you can catch me, by the way, in about 30 minutes. I will be talking on how to choose the right tech tools for your store in Q4. Eric, Mark, Dylan, Umar, thank you guys so much. True legends and superstars. Thanks for staying up late. It's 2 a.m. for you, Dylan, Umar. What time is it for you? <laughs> it's <laughs> And Eric's got, he's got a bounce. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll let you guys all go. Thank you so much. Thanks again for having us. Thanks to Commerce Excel. And thank you to our sponsors. We've got to give it up for PostScript, making SMS for e-commerce easy. Automate your SMS marketing at postscript.io. Recart, you can sell more with Facebook Messenger Marketing. Reduce abandoned cart and re- at recart.com. Our silver partners, Omnisend. Increase your sales, not your workload. Take the shortcuts to revenue growth at omnisend.com. We've got Bolt, connecting retailers and millions of shoppers in a unified network. Your shoppers are one click away at bolt.com. Really innovative checkout flows for Bolt, by the way. Be Profit, get all your e-commerce profits at a glance. Track all your expenses at beprofit.com. Thank you again for joining us. The next session is just about to begin. Social Creative Preps for Q4 by Savannah Sanchez, founder of The Social Savannah. I've actually had her on my events. She's amazing. Go check that out right here. My name's Derek Haney. I'll see you guys very shortly. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X E-Commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X E-Commerce listeners on our Facebook group, E-Commerce Growth Accelerator Mastermind. 
Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.